Welcome to Ganjapreneur, helping Ganjapreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Ganjapreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Ganjapreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los. The Gontrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Bamboo. Bamboo is co-founder of Coastal Seed Company, where he is a land race and heirloom cannabis preservationist. The focus of his current breeding is to stabilize a high CBD Afghani land race varietal called The Last Laugh that boasts a 39 to 1 CBD to THC ratio. He also is head of extraction research at the highest grade consulting, where he conducts lab research into CO2 extraction with a focus on natural terpene preservation. Thanks for being on the show, Bamboo. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So, Bamboo, you know, a lot of the folks who are listening to the show probably aspire to a role like you are in. Where do you acquire these land races? Do you Indiana Jones it traveling the world or do you have ways that you get them in other ways? How do you get your hands on these very rare seeds? There are a number of ways that we get our hands on seeds. There's no one formula that fits everything. We leverage our network of friends that we've known for years and personal connections, as well as do a little bit of the wild backpacking adventure hunting. I would think that your network is very important with something so rare that you'll have other folks who are traveling to parts of the world that you may not have been to and will bring you back seeds. And then when you travel, you may be trading as well. And so, you know, between you and your network, you're covering the globe. Yes, I was born into a little bit of a position of privilege in that regard. My father was a diplomat, and he spent most of his life traveling the globe. And during his travels, he was in positions where he was able to meet people of major influence. And so we were granted access to parts of countries that most people would never be allowed to go to. And I took full advantage of that and my collecting of seeds and leveraging his network of friends who were all over the globe. My partner, Kagyu, who's my older mentor, uh, he's been breeding in the hills of Santa Cruz since the mid-60s. His network of friends were involved in the hash trade, so they preserved seeds that they found in different batches of cannabis that they were receiving back then. So between leveraging a very useful network of friends and getting out in the field, those are the two primary ways that we acquire land race. Though I have to say that it's becoming increasingly difficult to find pure land race just backpacking. And without the right contacts, it becomes almost impossible. A lot of the varieties that are out there have also been diluted I'm sure people have seen different clips on YouTube of people traveling the world doing strain hunting, and after they're finished finding great strains, they wind up leaving worked lines with those people, and all it takes is 
pollen from a worked line being introduced to a land-raised varietal to sort of ravage and damage that population. That actually reminds me a lot of one of the rules in Star Trek, right? That you do not influence other populations on certain planets. In a similar way, it seems like it would be more honorable to not leave genetics behind in some of these indigenous lands so that the local seeds stay clean land races. But I bet you those folks totally want to trade for modern first world hybrid genetics. Are we running into a lot of issues yet where the locations that were traditionally growing land race varietals are now you know, being bulldozed and turned into suburbs for a lot of these cities now? Well, the commodification of the product has led to that outcome. I think recently I was talking to somebody from Armenia and they were involved in the cannabis industry there. And I was asking them to procure me some land race varieties. And she was of the opinion that there was nothing left, that Gee. most of the commercial cultivators that were operating were focused strictly on the bottom line, which is profit. That's one of the issues with land race varietals. If you don't have a stabilized variety, you don't know what you're going to get. And some of them might produce very undesirable traits from a marketing perspective. But she was of the opinion that they didn't exist. She said that most of what they were growing were Dutch genetics that had been brought in. A lot of people had been converted over to autoflowers. So even if you were to go to some remote portions where a lot of the cannabis is grown due to the illicit nature, these gorilla grows are, are contaminating the wild local population. You know, I, I almost advocate for a Hawaiian perspective on that's one thing that I hope that out of legalization and normalization will come is some sort of attention to those details. If you look at what's going on in Oregon right now, they've already started to take these kind of thoughts into consideration. The hemp program in Oregon has been put on hold from complaints of cannabis farmers not wanting their cannabis contaminated with pollen from, from hemp varieties. These are issues that we need to tackle. And from my perspective, with the last laugh variety that I'm working on. This is where I have been an outspoken opponent of feminized seeds, but I think that I'm my position has changed a lot with regards to that. I think there is a place for feminized seeds on the market in the sense that hemp could be done feminized in a manner that would allow hemp cultivation to take place next to cannabis. I follow you, so that you'd use the feminized seeds on the hemp side so that they're not cross-pollinating into the medical cannabis side. Yes, mm -hmm. and also combining that with different diagnostic tools that they have at the lab so that as you're making feminized seeds, you're able to analyze the genetics to make sure that you're not passing on a high percentage of Hermes. As one of the great things about normalization is the access to new tools that breeders such as myself, have. Um, for the majority of, of the last 50 years, cannabis breeding has been an underground sort of hobby taken on by the few in the shadows. And so most of our experience is field breeding and conventional breeding methods. One of the beautiful things about normalization is that now we are given access to laboratories and analytical tools that conventional farmers have had access to for years. And while I'm not an advocate of GMO practices, I do believe that using molecular diagnostics, we can really get a look into what we are doing before we actually do it. And that can be very helpful 
Well, I want to get into a little more detail about the help that technology has given, but we need to take our first break. We're going to take that short break and read right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los, and our guest this week is Bamboo, co-founder of Coastal Seed Company. So, Bamboo, you and I first met a few weeks ago at the Emerald Cup where you were educating folks about uh, preservation of seeds and doing a little seed sales yourself. That was quite an incredible group of seed breeders there, wasn't it? Indeed. I was absolutely thrilled to be on the stage with so many OGs that I've looked up to over the years and surrounded by so much talent and so much love. The Emerald Cup is my favorite time of the year. It's such an amazing gathering of the minds and the movers and the shakers. And the feedback that we get from the community is really what what keeps us going. You know, it's always great to, to, to meet the people that are running your seeds and hearing the feedback. And for me, that's really part of our research is I always encourage people who use our seeds to bring us pictures, bring us samples. The more that we can see of what comes out of these land race crosses, the more we can understand about what treasures they hold. It was real, you know, everybody was so pumped up and excited because it's so rare to be able to, you know, talk face to face with some of your heroes and even some of the scientists I was having lunch with, you know, the rock stars had their rock stars, you know, the heroes, heroes were there. And so, so a lot of these breeders and scientists who have known about each other for, you know, 10, 20 years, but have never met, they all had this opportunity to get together and meet for the first time. 
Before the break, we were just starting to talk about how technology is helping you do what you do now. And I know that you're working both yourself in the lab and you're also working in conjunction with Steep Hill. Flesh that out for us a little bit. You know, what's the advantages of having a lab available to you now versus, you know, strictly working in the Northern California hills like you've had to do historically? One of the great aspects of having access to these analytical tools is that we currently operate in a paradigm that restricts the number of plants that we can use. As breeders, it's all about populations, running large numbers of plants so that we can find specifically what we're looking for, and then having the space to finish those out so that we can really analyze and track all the different traits and characteristics that are there. There are so many different combinations that can come out of a hybrid, and it's really about finding the stellar ones in the crowd. So traditionally, we've been limited by size and plant number. And currently, we still are, depending on what state you're in. In California, depending on the county, you're limited by plant count or canopy space. Either way, it's a limit. My mentor, Kagyu, used to breed for Northrop King and where he would have access to acres and acres. And so when they would do their, their alfalfa breeding, they would seed large acres, up to 10 acres, and flood them and basically torched the plants because they were breeding for flood and drought resistance and managed to pull one or two out of a population of 10,000. With cannabis, we haven't had that opportunity. And this is really where the analytics excel because now instead of having to run all my seeds in order to find my keepers, we are able to take it into the lab. They use an analysis process called high-resolution melt test and identify certain markers that are based on data that they collect that will tell them a thing or two. Right now, Steep Hill has found the genetic marker for CBD variety, so they can tell me approximately what the ratio is going to be based on the HRM test. So with this last laugh varietal, I took, we were working with, with the Afghani land race, which and land race by nature is all over the place. There's going to be so many different types of phenos. How do you stabilize something that has so many different types of phenos when you don't have the space to do it? Well, we're able to take in a bunch of seed now, quickly screen for them, figure out which are the males and the females that are going to be best suited for our application, get rid of the rest and then use the ones that we know to hold the traits that we want in our population increases so that the likelihood that the characteristic and trait appears in the next generation is faster. And so now we're rapidly increasing the rate which we can come to conclusions because before the process was crack the seeds, select based on my nose, my sight, looking for for branching characteristics, leaf patterns. It was all visual and conventional. Now I have to flower those plants out And then once they're finished flowering, I have to take them into a lab to analyze them and see if they have the cannabinoids that I want and then go back and and then do a seed increase. So it's shaving months off of our time. What what used to be a five-year project to stabilize a seed can be effectively achieved in as little as two years now. Wow. It's like having a crystal ball in your process to know what this stuff is going to look like before you have to take it all the way to flower. We actually had Reggie Godino on the show from Steep Hill a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about patenting strains in the future. And you know, he dropped the bomb that to get a patent on a strain, it's got to be F9. And, and you can almost hear everybody rolling their eyes like, oh my God, that's going to take us so long to get. But now you know, hearing about this technology, you could be able to get to F9 way quicker than traditionally possible. Possible. Indeed. 
yeah, we get the F9 and an even more stabilized F9 because in each generation, we're just even more focused and more targeted on the molecular level. And what I love about this is I'm not a proponent of GMO, but I'm not anti-science. And I think that a lot of people have the opinion that if you're against GMO, that you're not with science. And I think that's that's just patently false. I think that by allowing us to preview, we're not playing God and trying to edit the DNA code. What we're saying is we know that this can is capable of producing this. Let's match that with something else that is capable of producing that. And I think a lot of the issues with IBLing things is like the loss of genetic data. And so one of the things that we always do before we delve down the path of using these amazing molecular tools is that we always do open cross-pollinations. And I highly advocate that any aspiring breeders out there who are listening to this show, please take the time and effort to do open populations before you start narrowing things down. Because once you start to distill, it's very hard to bring back what you've, what, what you've taken out of the picture. And that's great from a breeding perspective. What we want to do is we want to stabilize seeds and we want to remove certain things from the picture so that we're painting a very specific item. But there's a lot of value to the things that we toss, value that we may not understand yet, that we don't have the capability to analyze. Like, And, 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 even, and this is why we're working with Steep Hill is because while their capabilities are great and, and ever-increasing, they can't tell us everything. And so the more stuff that we bring in to test and the more data that we collect as we are running our populations, we can start collecting this data and analyzing it and then increasing their analytical capabilities, which in turn increases our breeding capabilities. It's really funny so how for- me and Reggie first met. Me and Reggie were bumping heads because I was very fearful of the power of the data that they were holding. and I didn't quite understand how it was being used and – our very first introduction was very combative, but over time we've grown into an amazing friendship that has, has fostered continued growth on both ends. Yeah, I bet you the two of you, you know, having spoken with you both now, him coming at it from a very Western science approach and you coming at it from a pioneer spirituality, doing it in the California Hills approach, I'm sure that you both have got a lot of information for cross-pollination between the two of you. Indeed. Yeah, it's been great. His perspective has informed my breeding, and I know that our breeding has informed his analytics, and I think that's great. I like the analogy you used about wanting to paint with these land races because truly there's a lot of wild colors and variety in these land races for a breeder to use. Can you just give me a couple examples of attributes that you find in land races that can be used by a breeder in building up you know, what would hopefully be an award-winning strain? Sure. Anything that you can think of, really. I mean, so I'll give you some examples of things that I've seen lately. I was work- recently working with an Indian land race that was gifted to me by Valerie Corral from Vwam. It's called Shiva's Trident, and it's unkillable. It just won't die. It's resistant to cold and frost and drought. This is a plant that was left outside in December last year and slowly was basically left to die. And we found that same plant growing after not checking on it for seven months in one of the worst droughts in California history, thriving. 
it wasn't as beautiful as something that would have been hand cared, but the fact that it survived a drought outside for over six months is a testament to its vigor and its strength. And we found that recently we left a few out in the frost and with temperatures up in these hills dropping below 30, even our potatoes died. But Shiva's trident didn't die. That's unique. We've had other strains out there that did die. Another example would be mold or mildew resistance. There are certain strains that pests are not not attracted to. They'll look for other plants to go bother. Yield, stress tolerance. I always come back to the Girl Scout cookies example. Girl Scout cookies is a strain that's very popular, but it's also known to Hermie. And we crossed it with the Puna butter, which is a Hawaiian heirloom. And we crossed it with three different strains. And then we did field testing to see how the stress tolerance that was imparted by each of the males. Two of the other males that we used resulted in a number of Hermie issues. It didn't fix the problem that was inherent to the to the Girl Scout cookies, but the Puna butter did. We were unable to, to make it Hermie. So it's hard to quantify the number of desirable traits that are in land race varieties because the potential is limitless and we haven't we've just barely scratched the surface of what's there that's a good example too just like when you know you're painting your colors are eventually limitless and the whole point of a land race preservationist is that you want to hold these so that they are on your palate for when the day comes to breed them and you don't want them lost over time we need to take another short break we'll be right back you are listening to the gontrepreneur.com podcast after a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible gontrepreneur will return Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's orders. Less heat, more flavor. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at Orange Hill Development. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Bamboo, co-founder of Coastal Seed Company. So Bamboo, you know, with normalization stretching out across the country and heck, the globe now, there are a lot of folks who are inspired by you and folks like you who now they want to become cannabis breeders and preservationists and they want to travel the world and try to find some of these land races. You know, if you... Oh, I mean, I guess you are speaking directly to the people who are listening, who want to get involved in genetics. What would you say are some of the best actions that they can take to prepare themselves for a career in this? I find myself right now going back to the basics. I have applied to the UC Davis Plant Breeding Academy. I've been attending workshops for so long in this industry. We have done things underground and in an unconventional manner. And there's been so much greatness that's come out of that. I feel like we've benefited from not becoming a part of the GMO paradigm. We've benefited by not being forced into reducing our populations to six varieties like peaches, or which at one point there were over 150 varieties. But at the same time, there's a lot to be had from that science. And as a conventional breeder, I really want to delve in and learn more about the molecular genomic side of breeding. And that's what I would advise people to do. Start educating yourself in the traditional paradigm. Get ready to mix the best of both worlds. We're in a unique position now where because we've been underground, we haven't been ravaged by by big ag. And a lot of our seed stock is still in what I consider to be better preserved status than most varietals of fruit and vegetables. So by arming yourselves with the skills and the tools and working with people like Reggie, I think that we're going to really start to unlock the true healing potential of this plant, which I find to be infinite. The more that I learn about the plant, the more that I, I'm amazed by it. Just recently, we, we found that like one of the terpenes that's in the last laugh, alpha bisabolol, can induce apoptosis in leukemia cells. That's just another amazing feat being produced. Yeah, and and that's why these that's why these seeds need to be so jealously preserved and taken care of. You know, the master breeders are in a pretty tight circle of explorers and collectors. As we wrap up here, why don't you name drop some of the breeders and preservationists that have inspired you so that people who want to learn more can Google some of those names and find out what those folks have to say as well. Who inspires you? Mean Gene from Aficionado Estates. Kagyu, my mentor, South Fork Seeds, Headwaters Breeding out of Nevada, Sierra Seeds out of Nevada County too, which is not cannabis related, but I really dig the preservation work that they're doing. And I wish that there were more cannabis breeders that were working in the same light. Right Um, on. Well, hopefully, you know, folks who are hearing your words are getting inspired to, you know, consider how best to keep these, you know, seeds safe and to maybe not drop as many genetics into the third world so that the hybrid. I say share. Share. Share Share, share share your seeds. Always create open pollinations before you start working lines. Share, share, share. We need to get seed out. We need to not hoard as much. And, you know, that, like, I want to give a big shout out to Mean Gene because he read the article in Skunk Magazine where I had described a strain that I had been looking for, what my ideal type strain would be. He saw me at the Emerald Cup and he handed me some 
some seeds that were, he was working on. The reality is that none of us have the time that it takes to work the, the amount of information and, and knowledge that we possess. And so the key is to outsource and, and, and farm these projects out. There's only so much that we can do in, in our lifetime. And Mother Nature has us beat in terms of possible combinations. So the more projects that you can get into different people's hands and partner with people, like when I, when I can't take on a project that I find interesting, I, I solicit it to my friends and I say, hey, this is an amazing project. I wish I had time to work on that, but right now my focus is on this. Would you mind taking on this project? You know, I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think we need a lot more collaboration in the industry, and I think that because of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the commodification of the product people have been guarded about letting certain things out because they're scared that it's going to reduce their competitive edge um i i think that that's a a wrong place to start from i think that that that's a racing to the bottom and when things go wrong and you lose in the mix you can never get them back i have been guilty um, i think that's a good thing I think that's a good thing to end on is the fact that uh, you know sharing and, and working within your community and not hoarding it is a way that uh, we can all have more colors on our palette so that uh, everyone can breed for you know, human health and, uh, and enjoyment of this plant. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for chatting with us, Bamboo. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. You can find out more about Bamboo at his website, thehighestgrade.com. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at gontrepreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio website and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. You can also find this show on the iHeartRadio Network app, bringing Gontrepreneur to 60 million mobile devices. Do you have a company that wants to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts, email grow at gontrepreneur.com to find out how. Thanks to Brasco for producing our show. I'm your host, Shango Los. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.